Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. Happy to be back on here for another week. Discuss the things that have been going down in UK sports the last few days. Yeah, we're going to recap everything from Saturday, probably through Monday for sure, into Tuesday morning. Not a lot, but some big things going on. Obviously, I think the the biggest thing right now, Derek, that everybody kind of has their their eye on and attention on is the number one prospect for 22, probably going to be 21, is Jalen Duran is on UK's campus. He arrived yesterday, uh, was active on Instagram when he first got there, and he kind of – we kind of got a look inside. Like, it was the first practice that Oscar Shibway had been back with the UK team. You could see him in the photo, and then UK put out the videos and stuff yesterday – but Kentucky, we've expected to to roll out the red carpet for Duran. I mean, they've not signed a number one overall player since Nerland's Noel, so it's been a very, very long time. There's also some news with Penny Hardaway, possibly. You know, no longer at Memphis, possibly going to the Orlando Magic. That's one of the three schools. If he does choose the college route along with Miami or Kentucky, Derek, there, there's kind of a lot of moving things going on right now. And the recruitment of a number one overall player – in late June that could possibly reclassify flirting with the NBA or the, the G league route and things like that. There's really a lot going on with this one. Yeah. I mean, pretty substantial recruitment. Obviously you're talking about um, a top player and you you look at how we thought UK's roster was probably set. And then you're talking about the whole college basketball, you know, what we think about next season could totally change with this one kid's decision. But, yeah, you're talking about Memphis with Penny Hardaway. Also, it seems like Miami has hired everybody that this kid knows or has ever been close to to try to help to get him there. Um, it seems like that could be a tough team to beat out if he does choose to go to college, college route. But, yeah, like you said, uh, Jalen is still currently in Lexington as we record this on Tuesday morning. He started his official visit yesterday, like you said. And, um, you know, you're talking about a guy, I think I saw he's the highest ranked player to visit since um, Bankero a couple of years back. So it has been a minute since they, you know, there for a little while we talked about with BJ Boston. He was the first top five guy that they had signed. Um, how long had it been, Sean? Had it been like Scal? Or had they signed a top five guy since? I mean, they'd had some good players that were freshmen, but it seems like it's just been in terms long. of their rankings, he was, yeah, he was one of the highest ranked guys in a number of years. Obviously, it didn't pan out like people thought it would, but. You know, during you hear people talk about him. I mean, he he really could change, like where you would talk about Kentucky in the preseason if they added him, and you know this summer, I would I would think Kentucky would move near the top of the rankings for the preseason. Yeah, it, it definitely shifts power if he goes to a Kentucky. I mean, it's not as much a Miami, but going to Kentucky would absolutely, Derek. I mean, they, there would, people would have to move Kentucky. I think to top two, top three. I mean, it's really get. crazy to me that Memphis, I get to some extent, they've signed a lot of good players. They ha- at least have like a basketball history. I mean, Miami, it's just, I don't know. The location, obviously, I've never been to Miami. Well, I've been to Fort Lauderdale, but, you know, good place to live, I'm sure. But in terms of getting exposure or doing whatever, it just would be weird to me. No offense to Miami Hurricane fans out there if they hear me talking about this, but if your option is to go to the G league or go play at one of the best basketball schools in the country, I really don't know why you would choose Miami, but you know everybody has their reasons. And he actually will announce his top five schools options on Friday. So yeah, does that include, um, 
Is, is that what we say now? Five options instead of five schools, just because yeah. the G League or whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, the the edit has NBL on it, NBA G League. I mean, it's we know that those are going to be in there along with Kentucky, Memphis, and Miami is what I'm expecting. But I think this thing's going to come down to, and I'm starting to, I'm starting to jump on that he's going to play college basketball. Yeah. And it it just feel it's it's Kentucky or Miami in my mind. That's that's where I think it's going to be. It's one of the two. Uh, how well does this visit go? You know, like we I mentioned in the opening, Kentucky definitely has rolled out the red carpet. You know that. I think Kentucky has come out, Derek, and I don't know. I've not spoken with anyone, but I would assume that Kentucky has sat down with a blueprint. I mean, NIL is new, but you know that they've discussed the possibilities of how much money he could make playing at a place, place like Kentucky. How, how, how crazy is that, that this is the, the official visit where you could actually talk about how much money you can make at Kentucky and it be clean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um... – how well they're able to convince him on that this weekend will, will probably go a long way. Uh, how much do you think it helps, Sean? I, I know we talk about this a lot in recruiting. I wonder if it's as big of a deal as it's made out to be. But Kentucky is his last college visit, correct? It is. How much do you think that helps or do, do you think it matters? I think it matters when you're talking money, when you're actually <laughs> allowed to talk that. Yeah, That's true. So, like, had he visited, you know, just two weeks ago or whatever – it would have been a different visit for sure in terms of what you were actually able to talk about and having the NIL stuff. Um, I mean, you couldn't even talk about it two weeks ago, right? Even though you knew it was coming, was that even allowed to even be discussed? Probably not. I'm sure you, I'm sure you could, you know, talk about it like this is, Hey, this is what we're expecting to happen in college sports. Uh, At that point, you know, the governor didn't just come up with that overnight. I'm sure there had been a lot of work done prior and communication probably. Yeah. I mean, so they, these, these people knew. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I do think the presentation was much different just because of what happened last week. And yeah. I think we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, press conference with Mitch Barnhart from Friday. I yeah. Think. How so. much do you think it helps though? Like it's, it's different. Like it's an official visit during the summer. It's not an official visit during the regular season where you're having a game and you're having the fans come in and you're hosting that. Do you think that that setup is better for something like this? Or do you think that it's kind of good that there isn't a game? There's no distraction. There's no preparing for a game. It's just the staff practicing. He's getting to watch practice. He's probably getting to interact with the guys. And then the staff's kind of main focus for the weekend or this week shifts to to Jalen Duren and getting him at Kentucky. Do you think that that's a good setup? I do. I do too, especially for this type of visitor. Yeah, yeah, he's the only guy there. Uh, I'm sure all the focus is on him. He, you know, you know what you can expect. I mean, if he's ever watched Kentucky play a college basketball game with fans there, like, you, you know what the environment's going to be like. You know, the fan support is great. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the NIL stuff is about the opportunities you have with this being um, a Kentucky – I mean, the majority of the people who live in the state of Kentucky cheer for UK – um, guys in the past, I mean, I don't know the hard numbers, but uh, if you remember reading Kyle Tucker's oral uh, history about Anthony Davis with the, uh, I guess, after the season ended when he could go on his uh, signing tour or whatever, like made it just a ton of money off that, which, you know, Anthony Davis is um, one of the most popular players in Kentucky basketball history. Uh, but still, I mean, the point being, you could be getting loads of money while you're actually playing. Like, you don't have to wait until your season's over. You don't have to wait until you perform as an NCAA player of the year to capitalize on that. 
So I'm sure a lot of that is business going to be focused on that. But yeah, I, I like that, you know, the, the guys, I mean, I'm, you know, they have lives, but I'm saying like he should be around the players on the team as much as he wants to be. Like there's yeah. no really pool besides the practice that they have that day, the workouts, like there's a lot of free time in a day for him to hang out with the guys to see how he thinks he might adjust to this team. He gets to watch practice. And the thing about that, you know, it's not like a deal, Sean, where like a lot of these, I mean, pretty much anybody else who's ever visited, you can watch the practice, but like whenever you, if you commit to UK and you're the class ahead, like, you really don't know what your team's going to look like with guys leaving and guys coming in. But like with this guy, everyone who's out there, like he knows that will be, those guys will be his teammates. He can look at this and he can see how practice is going and however Cal is saying he will use him. He can actually look out and see like, do I, do I fit in with these guys? Will this be a good fit for me? Um, things like that that make this visit a little bit different. So um, I, I do, I think the timing of this visit's really good. Yeah. You pretty much took the words right out of my mouth. Cause that's what I was going to say. He's, he's able to sit there and, get to know his teammates that he would have yeah that's an advantage but what you're going to have and now you can see it he's going to release his top five options on friday so you know a commitment's not coming right after this visit so there's going to be that period between now and peach jam to where there's going to be a lot more recruiting going on where miami's going to be able to recruit what they want uh what changes with the you know offer from g league or professional offer uh kentucky's still going to be able to recruit and do their thing so it's it's not finished so even if there's going to be reports, obviously, when he leaves campus. Somebody's going to be like, well, Kentucky feels like it really went well. I mean, that always happens. They they thought yeah, they had right. Cade Cunningham. They did have Cade Cunningham. Yeah. I mean, that was – you remember that, that weekend. I mean, that was a, a lot of buzz. And then things changed. Uh, so, we'll see. I mean, anytime I – mean, it, it's a big deal, though. If, if they get him – I said this last week, too. We talked about this roster a lot, and then obviously it would change people. It would definitely move people to different spots. It would move people out of a starting spot. You do it, though, if it's Jalen Dern. If it's a guy the caliber of him, I mean, it's a potential number one overall draft pick. You take the chance on that. You do. I mean, Cal's hardest thing next year, if he does get him, is figuring out how to keep everybody happy. You know, we talked about how he doesn't usually carry rosters this big, and – you know, they're in a spot where obviously everybody knows you got to take this kid if he wants to come here because, I mean, he makes your team better. But that doesn't mean that everything's going to be smooth right away. I mean, I think it's going to take some time. I'm thinking, Sean, if it – well, actually, let's save that for if he does actually commit. Um, we'll have plenty of time to talk about how it – what it might mean. But, I mean, you're pushing – how many scholarship guys would that be, like 12, 13? If, yeah, and it, well, actually it fits in with this. So we got a mailbag question yesterday, and I don't know when we're doing a mailbag. Like all this might be old news because I, I go on vacation and stuff here today. So let's go ahead and get to this one. It's the only one we have. It's from Ryan. He said, I don't see where Dern and Mintz on the roster next season. So he's saying there's no way he sees all three of those guys being there. And I don't either, honestly. Dern, Mintz, and who? Uh, Lance Ware. Okay, yeah. And would you guys rather Mintz come back or Duran commit and Ware leave the program? Just asking a question here. Unless Ware is all in on development and doesn't care to essentially redshirt the season, I can't see all three. And Ware's kind of the guy you look at that might be left out, right, if he commits. I mean, you know Oscar and Duran would dominate minutes at the five. Uh, you think Damian Collins with his top-end potential, I, I don't see him not getting opportunities Derek, I, I don't see a roster, though, that has Davion Mintz and Jalen Duren both on it. I don't. 
I don't see a roster at all. Maybe on their positions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I've come back to this. I've said it a few times. Like these guys have until Thursday to go in the portal if they want to play next season. So unless Jalen Duran, who is cutting his list on Friday, so it doesn't sound like he's committing anywhere prior to Thursday. Like honestly, if he came here, then where would be, you know, if he wanted to leave, I think I don't really know how that would work. If he could still get a waiver to try to play next year, I'm sure UK would still try to help him. Um, but you know, for these basketball guys, they've had a lot of time kind of to figure out what they wanted to do. I mean, Kentucky season ended in mid March. You know, it's been it's been a little while since the season was over. I would feel bad for. I mean, if the question is, will Lance play next year if they get Duran? Then I would say like probably not. You know, probably not a very good chance that he sees many minutes. So if he did want a red shirt. Maybe, but you just don't really see players that are Kentucky caliber, you know, taking redshirt years. Um, has anyone done that who wasn't injured at UK? Like, I just don't really remember anybody who did that, uh, especially as a sophomore at that. So I think it would be an interesting spot to be in. But I know we talked about where a little bit on our last uh, Mel bag, talking about potentially being the backup five, at least early in the year. I, I still think even without a guy like Duran, I think Ware will have to show great improvement to really even be a rotational guy this year, honestly. The last person I remember doing something like that was Jeff Shepard. We're Jeff, about a whole different world back yeah. then. Jeff redshirted in 97 so he could put himself in a better position for playing time in 98. Ended up becoming the Final Four MVP. I, I'm not sitting here saying that Lance Ware would have a Final Four MVP in his future. It doesn't happen often, and you're right. It's a totally different world now because everybody's on a fast track to what? Getting to the league. Yeah, I mean, there's the player movement. Like, it's never been easier to go somewhere one time and you can play next year. Like, there's just really no reason if you're a good – like, where could probably help a lot of teams, like solid teams. So there's really no reason that kids will need to stay at a place anymore. And I, I know that's a story people love. You know, the kids that bide their time, they, they work hard and they develop and, like – yeah, those stories can still be cool and can still be like rewarding, but I don't think anyone blames somebody for evaluating where they stand in a program and looking at it and saying, man, you know what? Like, I like it here, but these guys are really good. I want to play. I don't know if I can play here. So go somewhere else. And like, I don't, I don't think even coaches have a problem with that. I know they like to get on some coaches like to get on their like soapbox and, and talk about how toughness and stay around and work through your, uh, issues but i just almost think like logically it doesn't make as much sense anymore if you can just go somewhere and play and still contribute a lot and technically before we get into the mitch part here it technically you don't have to redshirt he could say uh you know the covid year right oh yeah 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 so he could still play and be on the roster and not technically redshirt but listen to this quote before we move on to mitch this is from the washington post in march of 1998 it's from jeff <laughs> i'm glad i redshirted last year i had two lottery picks in front of me and that was not a hard decision to sit out. I learned a lot last year, and I had a great time. <laughs> so you're right. Nobody's saying that in 2021. No. No. I mean, Jeff would have had to, you know, it was just different. I mean, we ain't going to talk about if it's better or worse or whatever. It's just, it was just different. Yeah, it is. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, let's go ahead and jump into just a short discussion here on on Mitch's comments, and then we're going to get into Nicholas Hall and the football commitment over the weekend because that was a big one for the program, legacy recruit. But, Eric, you had the same feeling that that I got and vibe from. I think everybody did. It was all over Twitter Friday. I think the fans that watched the video or read quotes, Mitch Barnhart was not locked in with NIL. And I don't know. Like, I'm – I don't want to sit here and criticize him because I want to say that – when you've done something as long as Mitch has where it's not been there, it's new. And these coaches kind of are at a – I think anyone in college athletics is at a point to where either you accept it or it's going, it's going to kill you. It's one of the two. Like, you either follow it, get on board with it, or you get left behind. And you could kind of see that everything that people ask him, it was – he's like, well, we're, you know, we're not talking hypotheticals here or that's a hypothetical question. Definitely seemed like he wasn't all on with it initially maybe that's just my takeaway from it well i guess my question would be how rushed is this process really been because i feel like people have been talking about name image and likeness for years now yeah. <laughs> so maybe the and you know cal's like, talked to him about it well i just think there's been time to figure something out like this this wasn't just a something happened last week you know and you had to throw something together real quick i get like you know july 1st they i guess a lot of the schools were hoping that you know Congress would do something about this, and it became clear that there wasn't going to be a law passed in time. So, you know, I guess maybe in that part is what they mean by it being rushed, which I guess I could see somewhat. But I, um, you know, I, I'm kind of with you. Um, rather than me getting into if Mitch liked it or not, I mean, I know a lot of people on Twitter were, were saying that he didn't. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, my takeaway it was just like it was not a very informative interview. Like you really learn nothing new uh, about name, image, and likeness, and how it's going to either help or maybe some people think it will hurt college athletics. Um, Do you think was, he just like, didn't want to say the wrong thing? Do I mean, I do get the case. I mean, I think he's right in the sense that like this has not been enacted yet. So like when he's talking about you know this this question's hypothetical, like yeah, I mean, he's somewhat right. Like I do think maybe he didn't want to say something that. When, that he didn't know for sure would happen or whatnot, which I get. I mean, a person that he's a pretty tight laced guy, obviously. So he's not going to go out and say a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, I, I think he, he understands or any idea that you have at a power five school, especially one of UK's caliber. Like, I think you got to lean heavily on John Calipari and Mark Stoops. Cause that, those are the two pro I mean, let's just be real. Those are the two programs that it matters pretty much at any school. I mean, some, some other schools here and there, you know, that are really good at certain things. Uh, but for Kentucky, like, if you're driving around Lexington and you're seeing people on billboards or whatever, it's going to be a basketball or football player. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, baseball or track and field or golf or soccer. Like, it's going to be people that folks are going to recognize, and those are almost always basketball players for the most part. Uh, but also, you know, there have been plenty of football guys who have come through here who could have made a killing off this, and I think they still will. But – um. I don't know. 
uh, perception does matter a lot. And I, 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 it seemed to me that, I mean, this is all strictly anecdotal. Like these are just things I see on Twitter. Like in Twitter is not real life, but based on tweets, yes, there were a lot of people who thought Mitch Barnhart was not very excited <laughs> basically about what's happening. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You could, you could tell that it, it didn't get a lot out of it. Like you said, that's, I think uh-huh. that's the best way to put it. Uh, I like to see what his response is the next time he's in front of everybody talking about it because the next time he is, I mean, there's going to be people making money. Yeah. So how does it change? Does, does he see that this thing really benefits the athletic department and then it kind of changes your mind, but you, you know, that John Calipari and Mark Stoops have probably been the two sitting there with him at multiple times saying, look, we've got to do something. Something's got to be done. You know, Cal's been there. I mean, the, the, the high profile guys, that come through the basketball program, Derek, they're, this is something that UK should, I think should have been preparing for a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, you're talking superstars have come. I, through I, the program. Yeah. I think people listen to this podcast realize that I'm definitely more of like a football first guy. That's what I care about more. But I think even the most diehard Kentucky football fan would have to realize in terms of athletes making money, the basketball players are going to be the ones who benefit the most from this. This is how it is at UK. There, there's millions of dollars in that basketball floor every single day practicing. Yeah. It's so, crazy. It's crazy football, to think. Like, I mean, like, Wanda, I, I think local, like, I, I actually wonder a little bit for UK football, the local extent. Like, if you get a good enough player, like, for example, Josh Allen, Benny Snell, the senior years, Lynn Bowden, his junior year, would have made plenty of money. They, they would have been all over. People recognize those guys. I was uh, riding to dinner with a friend the other night, uh, and – we were talking, we were actually on New Circle Road, and we were talking about this. And he asked me, or somehow it was brought up, like, who do you think for a UK football player would like me on a billboard? And even though he's never even played at Kentucky yet, I said, like, Wondell Robinson, because he's from Frankfurt. People have known who this kid is for a few years. He's going to be one of their better players. I think if he were advertised, like, I think I would probably have him. Like, where would he be on your list, Sean? I thought about, like, Chris Rodriguez, but honestly, I think if you're talking about a local business impact. Yeah. I think a guy like Wendell Robinson would benefit far more he than Chris would. Rodriguez. He would. I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. So, I think that's just something to keep in mind for recruiting as well. Like, if you're a local kid, and if, I mean, if you're good enough and you play somewhere, like, and you're good enough, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get paid or whatever and, and be advertised a lot and be able to use your name to, to benefit to your stake. But I think for UK football, that's where it might make a difference. And maybe I'll be totally wrong on that, but just – trying to think through things that's that's what i think i think it's another bonus to add for uk football recruiting for kids from the state yeah and i think a guy like wandell benefiting from that this season you could use that for guys like dan key who are coming through here lexington kid um you know and anyone else for the future i mean there's a lot of good players from the state of kentucky now in football coming through here yeah absolutely one more note i have for you here did you see the the highlights of bryce hopkins that he posted on tiktok from practice uh, so you just sent it to me. Yeah, I just sent <laughs> so it to you. It I, right I want you to take a second and just watch through that. It's not long, but I'll I'll talk about it while you're watching it. Yeah, I think he's going to be pretty good, Derek. I keep forgetting about him. I do too. A lot of people do, but I th- I think he's going to be really good at Kentucky. Not saying like instantly, but I think that he's a a piece that how much are people. Uh... Sorry, go ahead. I think he's going to be a piece that people are really going to like. The, the left-handed dunk in that highlight, driving yeah. left with his offhand and flushes it, that's pretty big. That's big stuff. 
that's like Terrence Jones stuff. Like Terrence used to drive and finish with his right hand at the rim and things like that. Yeah, that was oh yeah, I just saw that. Like that, how, that's how many nasty. people are analyzing the uh, the people who are on the white team, people who are on the blue team? <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. I was <laughs> getting more into thought. people were probably digging into the numbers and saying, okay, Damian Collins is going to wear number four. <laughs> All this, yeah. stuff. but hey, Bross is wearing twenty three. You have to be pretty good to wear that number at UK, right? Yeah, or anywhere, really, if you play basketball. Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. Let's see if we can analyze this real quick. I see Frederick, Washington, and Hopkins wearing white jerseys. It looked like Kellen Grady – or Lentz wear as well in white, so there's a fifth. I don't know. Keon Brooks is wearing blue. Grady was wearing blue. Damian Collins is in blue. Dante's yeah. in blue. Yeah, this is just way overanalyzing a summer video. <laughs> but uh, Tower Ulysses is sitting in the background over there. Is he coming yeah, back for junior year? Okay, I would love that. You'd have your point guard problem solved if he <laughs> – uh, came back for another year no yeah yeah i always forget about bryce um i don't know why uh, he'll probably make us feel like he you know we're foolish for doing so i mean yeah this is impressive this is good uh i don't really know what the kind of drills these are but yeah it looks like uh, retweet that or like something Sean. let people know let people know where they can find this it's yeah. from yesterday it looks like but now yeah we can move over to football um you uh actually i believe you talked to this this kid's dad a little bit former uk uh football player antonio hall his son nick hall they, they live in texas now committed to kentucky on saturday after having dinner at jeff ruby steakhouse it looked like <laughs> when he made his commitment it was uh out there at ruby so i guess the the food there sealed the deal for uh, Nick Hall, but yeah, Sean, we talk about legacy recruits. And Mark Story in the Lexington Herald Leader wrote a story on this a few days ago. I think it is either right after or right before Nick Hall committed, but just kind of the legacy targets UK is going after in this class. Um, but they got another one. And, and this kid, Sean, he had a lot of good offers. Like I can remember when Kentucky offered him, I want to say UK was one of his first offers. And I kind of thought, well, are they just doing this to like kind of keep Antonio on their good side? I went back and checked his offer list a few days before he committed. Dude, he had Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, Baylor. He had a lot of the Big 12 wanting him. So this is another good get for Kentucky. And it was a legacy recruit, so it's a little different. But they go to Texas and get a guy, a, a ground that they really, you know, they don't really spend a whole lot of time recruiting Texas. Uh, but this is one that they went out and got. And, and the thing that really hit me when it happened Saturday, I'm like, good goodness, is Antonio Hall really old enough to have a kid ready to go into college? That's what really hit me, because I remember Antonio Hall anchoring the offensive line and stuff during his days at UK, which was my early days of watching yeah. UK football. So I guess that I was like, man, I'm really getting old. But no, you mentioned his offer list. No, it's a very talented player. Yep. Another good piece of the program. And a kid who you know knows all about the Kentucky program from dad. Yeah, and it, it gets Antonio back in the news cycle because, you know, I think everyone who tweeted about it, you know, Antonio still, I don't know who all was ranking players back in 2002 or whatever, or 01, 03, whatever year it was that Antonio signed with Kentucky. Or it might have been even, no, it might have been 1999, actually. Yeah, yeah, 2000 uh, was his freshman year there. Okay, so yeah. Uh, well, then, yeah, who, basically it was like maybe one company, but still, he is still the highest ranked player in the internet era to ever sign with Kentucky. And now that his son, 20 years later uh it's or 21 years later however long it's been it's coming through that's it's pretty cool and you talk about that though sean and it's a little different because uh you're talking about players having having kids in high school or whatever like i saw Drake kirkpatrick from alabama who i think is still in the nfl played for the Bengals for a little while uh, his son was on a visit <laughs> to alabama 
Yes, he has a son. No, no there's no way. Yeah, Please tell so me I was joking. like, I was like, man, I remember Drake Kirkpatrick. Like, I think I was in high school when Drake Kirkpatrick was playing at Alabama. It's, so uh, say, it seems like it was recent. Like, it doesn't even seem like it was that long ago. It definitely wasn't like an Antonio Hall situation. I mean, that's been within ten years, or well, more like probably twelve years or whatever that Kirkpatrick was at Alabama. I think it was like oh eight oh nine. In my around. mind, it's still two thousand and twelve though. Like, I look up and I remember something in my life from 2012 i'm sitting at dinner last yeah. night and i'm like it's almost been a full decade since that happened yeah it doesn't yeah I, I know exactly what you mean with that i was thinking about uh yesterday i think this is my ninth fall in lexington and i'm like that just does not seem right because <laughs> i'll say my football season i was like how many years have i been here covering this and uh no but also some bad news though sean uh i think it's what we'll close with on the football front uh Chief of Staff Dan Berezowitz was arrested yesterday or Sunday night, actually, uh, charged with fourth degree assault. He was, according to Lexington Herald Leader, uh, in the citation, he was caught on, he was recorded uh, in, a, in a physical altercation with his wife. So he, he was booked, $1,000 bill or bond got out uh, on Monday, I believe. So this is a pretty big deal because Berezowitz has been there since Stoops got there. He is a major cog in the recruiting machine at Kentucky. He was the director of football recruiting in his early years at Kentucky before being promoted to chief of staff. And I mean, he's, he goes back a long way with Sean or with uh, Stoops. I mean, Sean, he uh, worked with Mike for six years at the that's University a, of Arizona. Yeah, that's, that's so, a face that all of us know. Yes. We see him uh, around. It's a bad deal. And I, I mean, you know, we let it play out, see what happens. But on the surface, I don't want to. You're talking about a guy who is in charge of helping you recruit young men to university. It is hard to have someone there if they have a, you know, charge of abusing their wife. I mean, it's just not really somebody you can keep around. I think Maybe. I'm not trying to. I'm not laughing at you know making fun of the situation. Like, it just there's really no choice that you have if that's the case. No, I mean, but it's it's not just that. I mean, it's the second guy this off season. You know, Jovan uh, Javon Bonite, the wide receivers coach, yeah. DUI earlier this uh, or in May, I think. So, I haven't heard any kind of off-the-field trouble come to light, but it's the coaches this offseason or people on the coaching staff, support staff, that are having some problems. And uh, that's a bad look. It really is. It is. Yeah, you'd, you'd much rather have an assistant coach replying to uh, a porn star on Twitter saying you were hot. I don't know if you remember <laughs> seeing that or not. I don't think I do remember that. Yeah. Who are you talking about? Yeah, I won't, I won't say anyone's name. I'll send it to you in a little bit. Okay. But it's been a while. <laughs> but I just remember sitting there seeing that, and I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure you're married. But just openly on Twitter. I don't even know if you ever realized he did it. But you'd much rather have that. I'm not, And I'm not making fun of the situation, but it's not good, Derek. Like you, you mentioned it. When you're leading a group of young men, what kind of tone do you set here? I mean, you got to establish something, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you can, you know, let him have his day in court, see how things go, you know. Also, is $1,000 bond, is that low for that? It did seem low because don't you only have to post, like, I've never been arrested, thankfully, but I don't – you don't <laughs> actually have to on, pay the $1,000, Should I get on the Corbin right? records there and check? Not on the Corbin records, no. I've not, <laughs> uh, not been detained in the Whitley County det- Detention Center. But – uh. You passed that. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know how that works. Check. Do what? I said you passed that Kentucky Daily Blue Wire background check, didn't you? Did we have to get a background check from those guys? No, we didn't. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say I had to get from my other job, and yeah, I uh, passed it, flying colors. But uh, 
No, I mean, then you think about, you know, Stoops, like one, it's your recruiting guy. So he has a lot of contact with these people anyway. I kind of wonder how it will affect even guys that they're recruiting in this class. But two, if you're Stoops, like the ammo against you can't be that you tolerate that, you know, that you leave somebody on your staff because it basically makes you say, okay, he's all right with this kind of behavior, which obviously shouldn't be. Uh, no one should be. And, um, but again, I don't know how immediate this will be. I mean, with Bo Knight, people thought he would get canned right away and he's still there <laughs> on the staff. So it's a bad situation though. I mean, this is someone I was just out at the football camp last week and Berezowitz and Stoops are walking around together. I mean, this is someone very big within the football program. So it's a big story to follow. We'll keep up with it. Wanted to throw it out there. Didn't want to look like we were ignoring uh, something that happened, but bad situation yeah and i don't want people to think that i was making a joke about that but i wasn't but yeah definitely definitely not good news when i saw that yesterday i was thinking oh man this is not something that mark stoops wants to have to to address but gonna have to you absolutely have to especially if there's video and stuff Derek. you want to let it play out in court but i mean obviously they had enough to, to arrest him initially so we'll see how that plays out yeah, this was another good episode, I think, Sean. Um, do, you, do you want to touch on anything with the transfer portal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something, wasn't there? Well, we can end on positive news, at yeah. least. Potentially. Potent- yeah, potentially. I'll let you give the details of that. Yeah, so uh, I want to give credit to Justin Rowland. He was he was on the story. Uh, Rivals was from the get-go. Uh, it's out there a little bit more now. But Dare Rosenthal, a – I believe the starting left tackle last year at LSU um, went into the transfer portal yesterday. The connection being that he has recently, and I don't know how this connection came about, but he recently uh, started training with Chris Vaughn and aspirations gym, which of course is Wondell Robinson spent some time training there. It's where Keontae Goodwin is now Isaiah Cummings, Carrington Valentine. I mean, a lot of guys that have gone to Kentucky and other schools, uh, a lot of other schools, um, you know, it's a pretty, pretty big place for that um and he he has recently started training there so i think some people are kind of connecting the dots saying hey i mean maybe kentucky will be in play for this kid i did well i do want to note um i read the lsu story from our website 24 7 yesterday and they mentioned baylor as a school and of course uh dave aranda you know used to be the defensive coordinator at lsu so he's on some ties to some players there and uh, they they were listed as a school to watch but kentucky i mean you know, you could use another tackle because you're talking about, you know, you feel good with Darian Kennard, but Jeremy Flax, although he was a big recruit, if you can get a proven starter from Louisiana State University, I think you got to move on that and do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have to. And uh, that's, that's another piece, right? I mean, you get a, you get a guy to, to anchor your offensive line. You get deeper at a position you already feel really good about. And that'd be cool. But here we are talking and stuff that, yeah, we don't see them adding anybody from the transfer portal. And it still could not be done. I mean, it remains to be seen what happens with that. But that was definitely big news that and Justin Rowland was was all over it. You you saw the, the eye emojis on Twitter and stuff over the weekend. Everybody instantly connected it to Jalen Dern's recruitment, but had nothing to do with Jalen Dern. Had everything to do with this one. But we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I, th- I still think that you know, you and I have been talking about news and everything, like slowing down. Like, we didn't record as much this month. We expect July to be kind of on the same trajectory and path. 
But I think we could get some big news in July. I mean, you're going to have Peach Jam and everything going on. You know, UK basketball is going to be recruiting. You're going to have SEC football media days. I think August is when this show really takes off, though, and gets yeah. back to just constant news, stories coming out. We're going. To, I know Derek's planning uh, some national football analysts and stuff to come on, uh, which gets me into this. I will be on vacation. Let's see, I leave today. So I start vacation tomorrow, the 30th. I'm coming back four or five days early because I'm going to guest host KSR with Jack on July 8th. So I'll be back. But I'm taking my mic with me. I'm going to pop in on the podcast here and there, try to get at least three episodes in with Derek. I know Derek's probably going to do – you probably got some guests that you're thinking of, right, or doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna. I have tried to record like a 10-minute uh, podcast by myself and – People, if you guys ever want to try that, go go try to talk to yourself for 10 minutes. It, it is much harder than you might think on the surface. So it's very tough to get through one of these alone. Sean, I know you've done it a few times. You've done a good job with it. But ideally, you would want someone else to uh, at least bounce your ideas off of. So I'll try to have somebody every day, unless there's just something like crazy breaking that we just need to get it up right away. But, yeah, in, in general, I'm going to try to get some guys. I'll probably, while you're gone, start this series, uh, reach out to some riders from other schools and start previewing some other SEC schools and see how that goes. Yeah, and obviously the whole bouncing ideas off people and stuff. Uh, when I record those, I don't even go back and listen to them. I'm like, I don't even want to because they're probably horrible. When I record those single episodes with just myself, I just I just record them, put them in Audacity, and throw them up. Uh, but I'll, I'll be popping in and out uh, through vacation stuff. Obviously, if something massive happens, I'm going to make sure that I'm there to, to be on here because I, I do think that if it's newsworthy and we need to get it out there, I want to be a part of it. Uh, hopefully the Wi-Fi. I'm going to be in the middle of Iowa with family, so hopefully the <laughs> Wi-Fi holds up. Sometimes they have two networks, so if one starts kind of bugging out on me, I go to the other one. So they have enough Wi-Fi to play online on PlayStation and things like that. So I'm hoping that it holds up. I've never tried Zoom. I've obviously tried and worked on the website, but we'll see what happens with that. But uh, as always, this episode is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. Derek, I was told that London is only half open right now. They only have half their menu, but they're going to be full go in August. They were still trying to figure out staff and things like that uh, coming out of COVID, but was told that the London location is kind of surpassed where the other two locations were the first little bit when they were open. So it's, it's a good sign. He thinks that the London location could really be, be taken off. So you can visit the butcherspub.com or check out all three of those Facebook pages. But until then, he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.